This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports with you and looking forward to doing this show with you for the next hour as we get into a lot of different things. You know, the world is changing, life is changing, people are changing. And as such, Sport is changing. With all the things going on in our society today, with the devastating deaths of black men in this country, the protests, the pandemic, the anger going on in our country. I said last week, I think sports can be a way for us to heal. And I truly believe that. I've had a lot of feedback from people who listened to last week's show and commented on that they agree. You know, sports bring communities together. They bring people together. We had a great call last week from Jordan Willis, defensive end for the New York Jets, who talked about why he feels a sports team is a great example. A football team could be a great example of bringing people together. You have all kinds of guys on a team from all kinds of places playing together. Black, white, American, non-American, farm kids, city kids, doesn't matter. Hispanic, Indian, doesn't matter who they are. They're on a team. And I think we can learn from sports about bringing our society back together. One of the issues we have today that I personally feel is finally, finally, finally coming into the forefront is the issue of mental health and the issue of mental health with athletes. You know, I've been on the radio for 29 years here in Kansas City. Our show is now syndicated in a number of cities around the country. It's podcasted. Actually, people, I get emails from people all over the world who listen to this show as it's podcasted during the week. And mental health is finally being talked about. You know, for years it was poo-pooed, it was looked upon. Oh, come on, you're you're weak. And excuse it, but some people say, oh, you're a pussy if you're not strong mentally. Well, that's that's just not true. Okay? Real strong people, physically, can be weak mentally. Why? Because we're all people. It doesn't matter if you play a sport. It doesn't matter if you're the greatest swimmer in the world, Michael Phelps, who has come out and talked about his struggles with depression, his alcohol abuse, the problems he's had. And, and why? Probably because of the pressure, the expectations placed on him to be the best. Kevin Love, 
came out about three years ago admitting he had a panic attack in an NBA game. Well, who's going to admit that? Who would be willing to say, I had a panic attack? He's a big-time basketball player, NBA basketball player, champion Cleveland Cavalier basketball player, has a panic attack, an anxiety attack in a game. And they didn't know what it was. He had to go out of the game in the locker room, passed out on the in the locker room. They had to take him to the hospital before they finally figured out he was having a panic attack. Pressure. The pressure to win. The pressure to have to beat people. Oftentimes is out of whack. And it starts with kids. And it starts with youth sports. And it goes from there. Now, mental health is an issue in our society across the board. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete, if you're a politician, if you're a teacher, if you're a psychologist, if you're a housewife, a janitor, first response. It doesn't matter who you are. You've got to deal with the psychological side of things. And people talk about toughness. You've got to be tough. Come on, toughen up. Don't be weak. Don't be a wimp. Well, guess what? People have feelings. And feelings can motivate us, and they can hinder us. And people who are athletes are no different. I've spent many hours with professional and Olympic athletes dealing with their feelings. I remember after the 1984 Olympics with our cycling team who I worked with. We won nine medals in the 1984 Olympics and had not won one in 72 years. The pressure on these young men and women was enormous because it was in L.A. And the performance we had was, was truly incredible. We competed the first week of the Olympics, the second week We had off. We could just enjoy the other sports, the competitions. I went to swimming, went to gymnastics, track and field. It was pretty cool. I got to watch Carl Lewis win two of his gold medals, including the the relay he was in, his fourth gold medal. And I went to the beach with a couple of guys on the team that second week. We rode our bikes down there. And we're sitting there and one of the guys who'd been on, on the national team for a long time, and I, I recall this very vividly, we're sitting there on the beach, it's a beautiful day, and, and he looks at me and he starts crying. So what's going on? He said, Andy, what am I going to do? So what do you mean you're going to do? We're, we're going to get something to eat? No, 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 not that. My cycling career is over. I've been riding a bike my whole life. We just finished. We got a medal in a team of team pursuit event. He goes, now what am I going to do? And the other cyclist and I, we sat, the three of us sat and talked to us about this for like two hours. He was down. He was depressed. He was a tough guy, too. He was crying. What am I going to do? Athletes have feelings. Coaches have feelings. People have feelings. And it's okay to show them. It's okay to show that you're sad. It's okay to show that you're depressed. It's okay to show that you're anxious. You know why? It's a sign of strength. And a lot of people have said over the years, oh, you're weak. You're weak. You're crying. What's the matter with you? Well, you know what? I'm scared. 
I'm scared. I'm coming back from an injury. I tore my ACL. I've rehabbed it all year. I'm a little reluctant to go out there on the field and get, and get hit again. I don't want to get hurt. Oh, come on. What kind of a wimp are you? Coach, I'm a human being. It's scary. It's my life. It's my career. I don't want to get hurt again. Dealing with feelings, dealing with emotions, dealing with what's inside is more important probably than anything else we do. You can lift as many weights as you want. You can run as many sprints as you want. You can push yourself as hard as you can in the weight room. But how do you feel about it? That's what I want to talk about today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I want to get some calls in here. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent, if you've played sports, how do you deal with your emotions as a competitor, as a coach? I'd love to hear from you if you're an athlete, you're a coach, you're a fan, you're a trainer, you're involved with sports. How important is the mental side? How important are your feelings? Where do they play a role? Where do they come into play? Has it helped you or hurt you? Have your emotions been a problem or have they been a benefit? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call and let's talk. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? 
were babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Today's topic is the issue of how you feel, mental health, your mindset. Is it okay to be scared, to have feelings, to have anxiety? I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're a parent, if you're a fan. The issue of mental health, the issue of your mindset. I've been a sports psychologist for 39 years. I graduated one of the first training programs in the country in this. And you know, I've seen a change throughout the years. When I started working in 1981, I had an athletic director tell me he didn't believe in hocus-pocus and witchcraft when I went to talk to him about working with their teams. When I stopped the Olympic Training Center on my drive home from California, the assistant head of sports medicine told me, quote, we don't need any of you PhD types telling us what's wrong with our athletes. Today, you see most teams, not all, but most teams have psychologists On staff, colleges need to have them. Colleges and professional sports teams need to have them. I'm going to tell you why. Because athletes need to deal with change, adjustments, failure, success, confrontation. It's an issue. It's a big issue. Let's go to Curtis. Curtis, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Great. Thank you for calling in. Sorry, what was that? I said, thanks for calling in. Let's get your thoughts on, on, on your feeling about what I'm talking about today. Well, you know, I uh, I was a heavy, you know, high school baseball player and dealing with all that stuff. And, you know, I think it's more for the young kids, too, whenever you, 
get on there and then you know you, you got these goals to go to college and play ball and for me it was academics and I was a small guy too I was throwing probably about high 80s you know in high school coming out and I had scholarships and stuff from academics didn't work out very well and that was hard enough and then you go to all those other things and you have to apply yourself and then you know next thing you know you're graduating and you're like well what am I going to do now and uh, I did a ended up doing a semester at a JUCO, and then that didn't work. And then I went the military route. But you know, it all weighs on you, and you think about it all the time. How did it affect you? Has it? How old are you now? I'm 25. Okay, so are you still in the military? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, so the goals and aspirations and dreams you had, maybe to play ball, never came together. No. How did that make you feel? Uh, you struggle with it. Did you feel like you failed? Uh, on myself, yeah, because sometimes you can work harder, and then sometimes you can't. So how have you moved I mean, on from it? How, how did you grow from it? How did you become stronger from all that? Or, 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 excuse me, or, or did you? Or has it, has it left you down in the dumps? Yeah, no, you, do, you, apply, you learn from it, and you apply it to other places of your life, and use it as an experience. So it's become a positive for you? Yes. Okay. But I'm sure you've seen people that maybe these things didn't become positives for them. Uh, yeah, you know, they they take a different route in life and they go, then go down a wrong road. How easy is it to go that way, Curtis? To go the wrong way? I mean, for... I can, I've, seen that, I've seen it happen to people pretty easy. You know, but it's also you have to have a good support group and everything else like that as well. So. Mental toughness is what? What does that mean to you? That's a lot. I mean, yeah, it, it's a, it, it's two words, but it's a pretty heavy statement, I think. It is. Mental toughness is. I mean, you, for me, mental toughness means a lot because you know you go to different experiences in life, but you. Have, I mean, I, I learned from mine, and that, that was the biggest thing. And you try to turn it around to a positive and not where it's negative and then get into the bad parts of life. And, like, you know, and you see it with athletes, too. You know, professional athletes could be gambling, substance abuse, um, and all kinds of other things. But uh, I, I tried to make it better, uh, especially when – you know, you look at these other things and you start taking on new jobs in your life and you look back on it and then you look at where other people have gone and it's, it takes different types of people. Well, I think you're hitting it on the head and, and see, to me, it's about personal growth. We yeah. all have to deal with failure. We all have to deal with negativity. We all have to deal with negative people, you know, people we don't get along with. Especially on a sports team, you're going to have a, a you know, it's, it's a collage, it's a puzzle of all kinds of things, right? And so how you look at your goals, how you look at your expectations, how you deal with your support system is so important. And, and, and quite frankly, how you deal with fear and how you deal with failure, right, Curtis? Because if you can work through your fears and work through the failures, you'll grow and get better. Do you agree? Oh, yes, 100%. And do you feel you've done that? Yes. I mean, every day you will face new challenges, and you got to build on that. Well, sir, I want to thank you for calling in. I think it's great comments, and uh, wish you the best of luck, best of success. And and, and listen, uh, 
talk to people that you know about what you've done because you've made it. You're getting where you want to go. What I'm hearing you say, you know, you, you didn't. The dreams you had to play ball didn't pan out all the way, but you're doing fine now, right? Oh yeah. I mean, you just keep pushing forward, and you know, there's really nothing else you can do besides take it, take the high road, and learn from it. Well, you can go the other way too, but it's 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 a, it's about how you choose the choices you make the people who surround you, the support system you have, and how it all works together. Listen, Curtis, thank you so much for calling this morning, sir. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. You guys have a great day. You too. Take care of yourself. I want to really appreciate him calling in. And I'd like to hear from you. How how do you deal with the psychological side of sports? Okay, How do you deal with mental health in sports? If you're a coach, and I'd love to hear from a coach today, how do you coach the mental side how do you coach your athletes or do you do you blow it off would you admit that you know what i don't deal with that stuff and maybe doc i should deal with it do you deal with depression do you deal with pressure do you deal with stress do you deal with anxiety as a coach i think you damn well should and i'll tell you why because i i don't care if you're the greatest athlete ever if you're Bo Jackson or Jim Thorpe, doesn't matter. Here's Michael Phelps, the greatest swimmer of all time, who's come out and talked all about his depression, his drinking, like I said earlier. The pressure. Why? The pressure. The pressure to have to train. The pressure to be the best. The pressure to live up to the expectations of others. The pressure to not be able to be just a normal person. And I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you coach mindsets how do you coach emotions if you're an athlete how do you deal with it how do you handle it and i'd love to hear from sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs give me a call and let's talk in this trying time everyone wants to be safe we all need to be wearing medical masks there's a great company called united assistance that has masks available their website is getgoodmasks.com you can purchase a box of 50 masks at a discount price of $35 plus shipping if you put in the discount code radio. Once again, go to the website getgoodmasks.com put in the discount code radio when you check out and be able to get a box of 50 masks for $35 plus shipping. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. 
One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Today we're talking about mental health and the importance of mindsets, of attitudes, of pressure. How do you deal with it? I'd love to hear from if you're a coach. How do you coach the mental side? How do you coach your athletes to handle their emotions? I have a saying I've, on my website. I've said it for years. You can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with a stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. So how do you develop a stronger mind? What do you have to do? You know, it's, it's, it's not easy, okay? 
A strong mind, to me, means you're grounded. means you're dealing with the ups and downs. You're not scared to fail. You're not scared to screw up. You're not scared to make a mistake. And you're not scared to deal with confrontation. Lots of people avoid it, ignore it, sweep it under the rug. Eventually the rug has so much dirt under it, you can't open the door. Because there's so much stuff down there that you can't deal with. Okay, pressure, stress, anxiety, depression, fear. How do you handle it as an athlete, as a coach? I'd love to hear from you. If you've played sports, if you're participating, if you're a parent and your kids play and you're worried about how they're handling themselves, you're noticing some anxiety, you're noticing some hesitation, you're noticing some tension, how do you help them get through it? All right, Blake, you want to comment this morning? Yeah, no, I uh, I think this is a very interesting topic because I myself uh, believe it or not, I've actually never told anybody this, but because you are a sports psychologist. And you I, are on the radio now. I And I am on the radio. Very, very true. Uh, I feel uh, oddly comfortable telling you this. I had a, so as we've talked about on the show before, I played college football. I played for the University of Austin Peay State. And um, I didn't really have any problems per se, but one of the things that I did have an issue with every so often was the issue of the best I could describe it would be performance anxiety. That that really is the best I could describe it as because I don't know what else to describe it as. Uh, every so often, I would be so either afraid to mess up or so afraid to get uh, corrected slash reprimanded slash insert whatever. Why? Uh, I, I really don't know. When you were younger, did you get criticized by coaches if you screwed up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but what athlete does not? Well, when you don't do what you're supposed to do how- as an athlete, it wasn't, it wasn't over the top. It wasn't, like, you know, they, they weren't picking on me. Okay, but it's all how we deal with that. It's yeah. all how we're talked to, especially as kids. I mean, when you're play, what I see in my office now, more, and I've shared this on this show before, I see this more than ever before. Teenagers coming in with all this anxiety and fear about screwing up. They're afraid to screw up. They're looking over their shoulder. They're looking at the sidelines. They're scared. And they're scared because when they were younger, they got ridiculed by a coach or a teammate about screwing up. And I mean younger, like seven or eight. They got yelled at. They got taken out of the game. They got felt demoralized. I had a young lady last summer who's a softball player. She's going into eighth grade. Between her seventh and eighth grade summer, really good softball player from what her parents and she told me. I have no reason to, to not believe them. And she had a game where she went two for two. And then playing first base, a ball went through her legs. The coach kicked the bucket he was sitting on, knocked the bats off the bat rack, and pulled her out of the game, sat at the end of the bench. 
said, get out, sit down there. You're not going back in. She misplayed a ball. Her parents didn't say anything, but they were livid because her daughter's sitting at the end of the bench crying, and he's not saying anything to her. So the dad came down to the fence, talked to her. And after the game, the dad went up to the coach and said, look, I don't know what your deal is. You took her out because you made an error. He didn't say a word to her and he glared at her. That didn't help. And they left. The next day, the dad called the coach and apologized for saying that to him and said, you know what? You need to have a conversation with my daughter about what you did. Okay? It's, she screwed up. Okay, I get it. But what do you, if somebody makes a mistake and take them out of the game, kick a bucket and knock things off the fence? It's not about you. Well, to this coach's credit, he did talk to her and apologized. But they left that team. Because they said that was the first time that's happened. It's the first time it happened with their daughter, but she, he did with it. That guy shouldn't be coaching. And so, anxiety that you may have felt, do you think maybe that could have started when you were younger, where maybe a coach got mad at you because you dropped a pass or bobbled something? So, uh, uh, maybe, but I would, I would actually tend to lean towards not. It, it was more of the pressure that I put on myself as an athlete. Which I don't know if we've talked about on the show actually before, but well, where did that pressure come from? It, it comes from um, it. I think it because I think it comes from you as an individual. Whether you, uh, so I've always been a people pleaser. I mean, let's be honest. I'm one hell of a producer. You know that, and that's because I am here to please you as a people pleaser. Uh, I've always been a people pleaser, so I always want to do right and. In athletics, I've always wanted to do my job, and I was really good at it. So if I could do my job properly, I, that's what I wanted to do. So if I couldn't perform my job at the best of its abilities, and I couldn't do the best of its capabilities, I think sometimes I would put the, the onus of pressure on myself so much that it would actually cause me to have physical breathing uh it's called anxiety well it is anxiety but that's what anxiety is and see that but see that's where to me okay the book that i co-wrote with jeff montgomery and pete malone is called just let him play guiding parents coaches and athletes through youth sports our third chapter is called embracing failure can lead to fun now why would anyone write something like that why would failure be fun well failing isn't fun but it can lead to fun if you learn how to deal with it and i think what happens with too many kids is that a lot of kids at younger ages are not taught that failure is okay because it's part of the game. They're taught that you shouldn't fail and it's wrong to fail, and you can't fail. You can't drop a pass. You can't miss a shot. You can't be beaten by other people. What's wrong with you? And so what happens is people develop mindsets and fears and anxieties to that as they get older about letting people down, especially as you be, you know, and, 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 I don't think the score should matter until you're a teenager. When you become a teenager, to me, that's when that's when score, you know, 12, 13, that's when the score starts to become important, results start to become important. Before that, screw it. Focus on getting better, having fun, developing your skills. But we see pressure today to have to win. You have to be better than everybody else. We got to beat them. Okay, you're not playing in the Super Bowl. You're playing in a 12-year-old you know, rec league. 
yeah, you'd like to win. Winning's fun, but you know, you can't. Can you? Can you lose and play your best? Yes, you can. All right, I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, how do you deal with the mental side? How do you deal with the pressure? How do you deal with your mindset? I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a parent. How do you handle the emotional side of sports? Sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, give me a call and let's talk. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we're talking about mental health today. 
And if you're a coach, when you have an athlete who is scared, who is afraid, how do you tell? How do you know? I mean, are they shaking? Are they freaking out? Are they crying? You know, as you get into middle school and at and high school and beyond, you don't always see it because you like to hide it. You don't want to be known as weak. You don't want to be known as a wimp. So you hide it. But it's pretty darn hard to hide a lot of this stuff because we all feel it. We all get nervous. We all get anxious. We all get scared. And failure in sport is there every day. And I don't care what level you're at. You know, I asked an at, at, at a young athlete in my office the other day, what's one of the greatest performances ever in the NCAA tournament by an individual? Bill Walton, and I believe it's 1973, went 21 for 22. Missed one shot. Either 20 for 21 or 21 for 22. Missed one shot. Didn't make them all. Missed a shot. Scored, I believe, it was 44 points. It wasn't perfect. Because nobody is. But I hear all the time from a lot of young athletes who come into my office, their coaches tell me, you have to be perfect. You can't screw up. Well, when you're told you can't screw up, what are you thinking about? Screwing up. You can't miss that shot. You can't drop the ball. You can't strike out. Pressure and the mental side all fit together. So if you are a coach, how do you coach your athletes to deal with that? I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach and you have athletes who get scared, get anxious, get nervous, get tight. What do you say to them to help them get through it? How do you get through it? How do you deal with it? Because you know what? You're the leader. You're the guide. You're the director. You're the psychologist. You've got to be the one running the running the, the motor, running the ship. And everybody isn't going to be on board all the time. You know why? Because we're all people. We all come from different backgrounds. As a coach, one of the best ways I think you can get to know your athletes is to take time to talk to them individually. Take time to talk to them personally. Find out their goals. Find out their strengths, their weaknesses, their fears, their distractions, their stressors. What scares them? Are they scared to fail? And if they do fail, what happens? Well, get back up and play the next play. Because we're going to screw up a lot if you play sports. Screw up as people in life. So, Blake, when you had this feeling of anxiety, how did you overcome it? Or or did you overcome it? it? I don't know if I ever officially overcame it while I was playing. It was one of those things that kind of came and went. It, it was not a constant. I was able to get over it quite a bit. But 
I felt that once I had messed up one, two, three, four times, it, it was never just one time. Hey, one time I can shake that off, no problem. Two times, ah, it was just, it's a rough day, I shake that off, no problem. Three times, ah, four times it became an issue. And so an issue became something that I then started to feel that physically hindered me. But, it was one of those things that it didn't happen all the time. It took quite a bit to push me to that level. Okay, so what was the difference between when it did happen and when it didn't? Well, when I, when it when it did happen, I knew that I needed to take multiple deep breaths, and that was a physical problem. I physically started to not be able to breathe because of my anxiety. And it was a performance anxiety. That's what per- per- that's what performance anxiety. So is. I physically had to be like, "Hey, calm down. You know, set yourself to the side. You know that this is an issue right now. Just get your breath back. You you're you're fine, but you need to be able to breathe. And if you can't breathe, you're not going to be able to perform. So you have to breathe first and foremost. You know, you through self awareness." and self-perception, we're able to overcome that. But a lot of people can't. The The pressure to win, the pressure to beat somebody, to be better than somebody, can take its toll. And, you know, we're a society that likes to be winners. We like to be number one. You know, there was a saying for years, Hurts, we're number one. Avis, we try harder. Okay. Now I believe Hertz just went bankrupt. Okay, so how do you succeed? What what do we do to succeed? To me, it's about when you fail, when you get anxious, when you get nervous, when you get tight. How do you handle that? And that's where it starts, I believe, when you're younger, when you are playing a sport or taking a test or whatever it is, and you make a mistake that you're not ridiculed and insulted and degraded by your teachers or your coaches or parents, whatever, that you f- try to figure out why you did it wrong. Because we're going to screw up. Yeah. Well, and, and, and if I will say, I, I will never say that somebody just degraded me to the point where I ended up like this. It, it was very odd. Usually you have... Coaches that either don't know how to coach, don't know how to communicate, don't know how to talk to younger children. This was never an issue that I had when I was younger. This was an issue that I had that started in high school and continued into college. It well, well, why do you think it happened? Because in high school, the coaches were talking about tough. you got to be tough. You're a football player. you got to be tough, right? It could be. And did they talk about, well, how do you? How are we going to handle it when we fail and screw up? Did, did, did they ever talk to you about that? and? give you some suggestions on how to cope with that and deal with that um every once in a while it wasn't they didn't really harp so much on that which they probably should have they didn't well to see to and me, maybe that's where it started well because well, it started in high school it did not start when i was a young kid okay well to me when you are a young athlete i think it's really important to be taught the ups and downs and to not be scared of it, to grow with it, to learn from it, to make it part of what you do. Because you're going to fail. You're going to drop a pass. You're going to strike out. You're going to make a mistake. And because everybody does. 
Everybody does because we're human. And as humans, you know, no one's perfect. I just, I just asked someone the other day in my office, a young athlete the other day, first time I, I saw her. Are you a perfectionist? Oh, yeah, Dr. Jacobs, I'm a perfectionist. I've got to get it right every time. Why? Well, because I have to. Why? Well, because everybody expects me to. Why? You're not allowed to screw up. You're not allowed to fail. You're not allowed to make a mistake. Really? Then the people who are instructing you have some problems because you're going to make mistakes. And what happens when you do? Well, I've got to get better. I've got to get better. So that's great. You want to get better. But understand that when you fail, sometimes it's because the other person did better than you. doesn't mean you didn't try. So how do you learn and grow from that? And so, Blake, for you, you learned and grew from that, which is why you're able to go on and play in college. Exactly. And, and that's the bottom line. Because success and failure are one and the same. It, it, it's, it's about how you feel about yourself. It's about the effort. I have... Very strong saying I, I, I work with people on in my office. FOE versus FOR. FOE is focus on effort. FOR is focus on results. It should be about the effort. If you focus on your effort, you're not always going to win. But if you say, okay, what did I do to do the best I could today? You're going to give yourself the best chance to succeed. But if you focus on results, results, results then you put too much pressure on yourself. You've got to win. You've got to win. And if you don't, there's something wrong. I haven't met anybody who likes to lose, who, who goes out to play to lose. We're all going to fail and screw up and lose the things. But how do you learn from it and grow from it? If you can look at that positively, confidently, you'll be better. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show today. I'm here every week. Bringing up topics I think will be of interest to you. And, and, you know, our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're podcasted on my website, winnersunlimited.com. They're also podcasted on SoundCloud. Hope you enjoy what we bring up here and discuss. You can reach me several ways. I'm followed at Twitter on at DRJ Sports Psych. My website is winnersunlimited.com. You can send me an email at DRJ at winnerslimited.com. And you can always give me a call at my office at 816-561-5556. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Have a great week. Take care and stay safe. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio.
Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.